1: hello
2: everyone and welcome to another episode of twist and shouts the ali ash and jeanette podcast
3: and we're gonna be talking about food today
2: food glorious food (laughs) so let's talk about the elephant in the room i do not like to cook
3: (laughs) well i feel like we have said that (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I have lived that people know that and it's true neither of us really are gonna go into MasterChef <laughs> any season soon
2: although it would be great television if, if I decided to do the bake-off for MasterChef
3: if uh, quickly if you ever if you do watch MasterChef and if you want to catch Jeanette and I on the MasterChef I would advise you to watch either the first week or maybe the second week because <laughs> if you want to see us in the competition definitely not Tune in about a couple of weeks in. Is
2: there a couples, Chef?
3: I don't think we should enter, (laughs) but if it is, I don't think we should do it.
2: Well, listen, cooking is not something... You know what the thing is? I grew up... We both did. This is the problem. I grew up with my grandmother just cooking the most... I mean, my grandparents owned a Cuban restaurant in Miami. So Cuban food and home-cooked meals and big meals were a constant at home. And if it wasn't my grandma cooking... My mom would be cooking. And my mom was a bit like me. She wasn't always a big fan of cooking, but if grandma didn't cook, mom could. So I was never in the kitchen. My only responsibility was making sure that my room was tidy. Okay. And I feel like as an as an adult, that's now kind of what I've become. Like my place is not in the kitchen. I keep the house tidy.
3: And the room is still tidy. Yeah.
2: But <laughs> your mom, that's that's why you are so your mom is like a master chef.
3: She, she she is incredible at cooking. I mean a different cuisine even every day it's not even like you know we only eat sort of that authentic slovenian food only grown uh two neighbors away uh no my mom can literally cook anything the one thing that i'm upset with myself now because i know how many times she would go when she was making like you know something i would really really like Mm. she would go well come and have a look how it's made maybe once out of a billion times i went okay let me let me have a look I wish I did, you know. Yeah. I wish now so many times she would invite me in the kitchen and go, Oh, you know, it's actually fun. And now when I when I actually put my head into it, I enjoy it. Yeah. It's not that I don't like doing it. It's just the it's just get yourself prepared or just, you know, the motion. The the you know, I might <laughs> gonna go and cook now. That's that's the problem. I think
2: we both need to do that. We need to get your mom's best recipes. Yep. I need to get my grandmother's yep. best recipes because I'm so upset that I don't know how to make her flan. You've had her flan. I've had her oh, flan. Oh, it's a good flan. Oh. And she just cooks the meanest, like, proper Cuban dish of black rice and beans with a side of plantains and the grilled chickens with onions. And oh, so I think if we get, like, this little... Best recipes, best of the two, and we figure it out if we're onto something for the future. We're
3: basically doing it not for us, for them really. Just yeah. to say just to say sorry and to say thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So being in the kitchen, yep. as Aliash and Jeanette, as Buchko and Bushka, Mr. and Mrs. Shkorianis, we do on. have a bit of a system, don't we? We
3: have. We do. Uh, so
2: you, I I yeah, I go. tend to do like the, the 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 cookie cooking. So I get the meat ready or I dice up here and there. You make the best salads. Mm-hmm. You really, really do. And you help chop up onions and chop up peppers and things like that as well. I like our little routine in the kitchen don't we
3: i'm only good for mixing basically (laughs) because what you really do in salads you just mix some oil vinegar salt pepper a couple of secret ingredients secret
2: ingredients yeah.
3: and it's important i mean that's what as far as i can get really if i say cooking Mm. uh so i do make an amazing salad
2: what's what's your favorite dish that i make
3: that you make yeah it's your fajitas? I think.
2: Oh, I love fajita. your
3: fajitas. Yeah, but it's not
2: that hard. I buy the El Paso. Don't boxes. tell me that.
3: <laughs> don't 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 say that now. Because to me, it's authentic, <laughs> Jeanette flavored.
2: I know. I know one that I love making. That is a bit harder. It takes a little bit longer. Is uh, the chicken and chorizo stew? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. I got it off of Ronge's, Doctor Ronge got a great book.
3: You know, I forgot about it. You know why? Why? Because you haven't, haven't made it made in a made long it in time. A That's why. <laughs>
2: I haven't made it in a while. Or the oatmeal banana pancakes. Mm. We love oatmeal banana pancakes.
3: Where did you find it, by the way? Again,
2: Ranj's book. book. You know the Ronj Ronge Singh, was a partner that I had on Strictly a couple of years back, for those who don't know, and he wrote this book, How to Lose Weight and Save Money. And basically, it's all recipes that are really healthy for you, and they're not really expensive to make or don't take too much time to make. So I, I feel like I picked up two on there, and then I kind of walked away from it because I've got busy again. But I'm going to go back into it because it's... I. I think the thing is I like cooking if I have all the rest all the ingredients ready to go and that's the bit that I don't enjoy is that and making a mess so I do what you would call I clean as I cook so if something is sitting on the stove or if I'm waiting for the oven to get a little bit warmer I put away whatever dish I just used to do that whereas I feel like maybe that wasn't necessarily the way that you would cook no definitely not
3: (laughs) You first cook, and then after everyone's after
2: you eat, finish
3: eating, you. and after everyone is really happy, then you have a little siesta, and then you sort of glance towards the yeah. the dishwasher, and yeah, then you yeah. do it.
2: But I I found, I found my kind of appreciate. I wouldn't say love. That's not the word. I found my appreciation for the kitchen in lockdown. One thing that I was really proud of. I'm looking at it as we're sat here at home doing our chat. Is I've got this little um beautiful display of all the seasoning and i labeled them and i put them in all the little pots and i put them on the side next to all the recipe books and for me doing that made me happier than actually using any of the seasonings. so studio. you
3: basically classify putting a couple of different <laughs> spices in, in different containers cooking isn't it that's
2: <laughs> i like how Brilliant. pretty they look
3: speaking of spices your favorite food
2: oh i think we always say the same thing because Obviously, my grandmother's home-cooked Cuban meal, a good Cuban meal is probably my favorite food in the world, but I don't have it often. So if I'm real, when I'm here in London, not at home where Cuban food is so readily available all the time, I think my favorite kind of food is probably Italian. It's probably Italian. I love a good pasta. I love garlic bread. I love bruschetta. Giovanni would be very proud of us. I love bruschetta. But yeah, I, I think Italian food would probably be my favorite.
3: I'm Spanish.
2: Do you like tapas? I'm,
3: I love. I don't like tapas. I, I'm not the one for to share food. But you I don't love,
2: like sharing your food. That's no, true. <laughs>
3: that's the one thing I can't do. That's the one thing that really gets me going. When
2: I don't know who, so how do you do that with tapas? You have to share. You tapas. don't
3: share the tapas. You don't so you share just, tapas. You keep
2: the tapas. You i have actually seen you do that. You order three tapas every time. And you just keep
3: every time. That's what like to me a nightmare in a sentence would be a big group in a Spanish restaurant. No way. No? No way. <laughs> I can only do Spanish food in small groups of like three or four.
2: But what about seafood? Don't you love oh, seafood? I love
3: seafood. But you see, my mentality changed about seafood because I watched this documentary on Netflix. So oh, co- Sea Conspiracy. Yeah. And I have been the biggest believer and I've actually lived by it. Mm. I've actually sort of cut on a meat and added in seafood because I thought that this is I'm doing something good. Yeah. With
2: So you made a conscious choice. I made a
3: conscious choice with eating more seafood. Not that I don't enjoy it. I love seafood. But it's not ex- exactly, you know, there every single day to have it.
2: Well, we don't really have steak. We're, we're pretty good with things like that.
3: And yeah. Watching that documentary, I mean, I have never felt that bad, actually, with making a conscious decision and then have to think back and go, I was so wrong. I was mm. so wrong. And ignorant, really, because I wouldn't. I wouldn't do more of my own research but then watching that documentary even people that do the research can't get to the end of the yeah. can't get to the end of the story the whole message that I got from seaspiracy i mean it's dreadful isn't it i mean if you eat any seafood you are basically killing the ocean which is horrendous you know something that i enjoyed so much with food i kind of now have to rethink that and mm. i need to find something else that that is going to replace seafood in my diet
2: The problem is, I don't think either of us eat many steaks. So we're not a big beef steak eating couple. I think we do eat a lot of chicken. We'll have like maybe, you know, I love dried meats. You know how much I love to sit down with cheese and like chorizo or ham or prosciutto on all of those lovely dried meats. And then a glass of wine. That for me is a perfect afternoon. There's been a lot of conversation about how, how bad that could be, not just for for ourselves, before our planet, cow-spiracy, sea-spiracy, all these different documentaries, which is why so many people have decided to go vegan. And we did try. We do- we tried to go uh, meat-free and, you know, seafood-free for a little bit. But I think it's all about that, isn't it? It's about trying to reduce the intake, reduce how much of that you eat. And if we all just reduced it by a little bit and not just had steaks or just had seafood every single day and just introduce other kinds of foods into our diet, even just doing that little bit of a change, we might see a huge change environmentally.
3: I hope so. Yeah. And watching these documentaries, it opens your eyes a little bit, doesn't it? Because mm. you always can think, well, One person can't make a difference, can it? But
2: you do, you do, don't you? And I think
3: you do. Yeah. And I do think you do. I think
2: we're doing our bit. We're slowly, surely doing our little bit here and there with with the foods that we eat.
3: Well, we're definitely doing one bit because we're definitely supporting the local restaurants. We do. For sure. We buy from
2: all the restaurants nearby. Yeah.
3: So you welcome everyone that
2: lives near (laughs) us. That has a
3: restaurant. But I feel like it's so important to support in these days, goodness me, that's the one field of industry that is going to suffer the most restaurants Restaurants, have massively suffered now with lockdown and like I mean it's going to be so important to go and eat out obviously it's you know not making money you don't have money to spend out on on a nice dinner at your favorite restaurant but I think it's going to be important to save some money to go and do that because because if nothing else, those places are not going to be there anymore.
2: Yeah. We, we have said, haven't we, you and I, that one of the first things we're going to do when it's allowed is to book a restaurant. Like probably one of our favorites, either a duck and waffle or a beautiful pub around the corner. Something that we can sit down and be served <laughs> a meal. And you're right, Puchko. I think economically... It's gonna be important for us to get back out there, and you know what? I'm not gonna be against it because well, that means I don't have to cook.
3: Yeah, you're not crying now, saying that either. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but what about speaking of cooking and being at home? Portion size, Oof. right? We have very, very different. I eat like a bird, my friend, my, you know, my family says that I just pick at food and you hate that I do that.
3: Well, if you eat like a bird and I eat like an ostrich, really. You eat
2: enough for all of us <laughs> listening to the podcast. You love. I remember one of the first times that I noticed how much you ate. It was one of my favorite stories. We were on a uh, Royal Caribbean cruise with my family and it was one of the first times you had ever really been on a cruise because we hadn't even done strictly cruises yet at that point we weren't even on strictly we no. were we were just doing it was like
3: 2011 maybe it's or something a like long that, time yeah.
2: ago we went on a cruise with my family It was your first cruise ever and we sat down for dinner and the menu came out and you got one appetizer or starter one main dish and then a dessert and then after you had your appetizer and after you had your main you were still a little bit hungry and then I said to you well you can get as much as you want. And you said, What? I said, Yeah, you can have three mains, you can have five appetizers, you can have as much as you want of it. And boy did you have as much As much as,
3: as I you wanted. Want. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think even my dad went, He can eat.
3: <laughs> I think it's a cultural thing, Butchka. We have this I'm not gonna now speak for everyone, but I have this thing that whenever there is a all you can eat buffet on offer, yeah. Yeah. I would close those places down if you see a person from the Balkan country standing outside of it. I would just shut that bar down for a second because if there is something free given to you, especially in the form of food, you're obviously not going to say no because that would be really, really rude. You know, you want to have more than you're offered because you want to show them how good it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I have this problem really that whenever I see a like you know, buffet really. You
2: love a buffet. There
3: is, I mean, there is no thing such thing as a portion control in my life. <laughs> it's only really well, a plate thank- control, how much a plate can handle.
2: Well, thank God for your metabolism and that you dance. Well, that's
3: changing now. <laughs> I'm. That's changed though, Butchka, because I feel like when I turned thirty, I know I'm, I know this is not like a, like an age now where I could should be this talking is, about. Is this
2: where I pull out my small violin and play it for yeah, you? Yeah, maybe. I'm
3: <laughs> but uh, I I felt the difference, especially. With nothing else, I'm going to be honest, but that is Mm. the metabolism. I could see now with eating the same amount as I would maybe a couple of years ago, I can see now a change on my body. And, you know, eating, let's say, not healthy for a couple of weeks, you are going to see the repercussions. Mm. And if I did that when I was 18, 19, 20, there was no way, especially with how active we were with shows and dancing. You can literally eat whatever you want. If you sweat three or four hours a day, I mean, it's 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 math at the end of the day, isn't it? How much you burn and how much you put in, but now it doesn't matter how much I burn. Whatever I put in, it's still seen. It
2: slows down. Yeah. Well, try. I mean, I'm gonna be 38 this year. How much? (laughs) much (laughs) So I know I noticed a difference as well. You're right, but I feel like as a woman, it's a little bit more intense. I find it much more. Luckily I dance, thank God, and luckily I have a really good metabolism, but I do have to really watch what I eat and that's the portion control where I come in. I don't have a big belly, thank God. It doesn't take much for me to be full. I, I love nibbling at things, I love, I guess you would say I love the tapas style of eating where I order, I mean, and I know this is a pet peeve of yours that I do, but I'll go to a restaurant and I'll order a starter, I'll order a main, I'll order a side dish, and then i order a dessert, but I won't finish wrong. any of it. It's
3: completely wrong. You see? What do you mean? Because that's not portion control.
2: No, not that. But I like tasting all these different little bits, and I don't finish any of them because I do, my taste buds get bored. Maybe it's not portion control. I think I just get bored. So I like to taste I different things. I love that we
3: finally got to the end of this. Now. <laughs> so you're actually not eating to get full and to survive. You're eating to entertain your taste buds. To entertain. Brilliant. My taste buds. Amazing, oh. really brilliant. You, that, that's actually how you think. Yeah, think amazing, that. amazing.
2: Yeah, well, when you see, this is why this is a good podcast. It's so, like therapy. We're so I'm going. It out. For, so
3: I'm going for lunch, and you're going for a taste by party. I'm going
2: for a tasting menu.
1: <laughs> this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you.
4: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: But, you know, you do tend to eat whatever I don't eat. You kind of step in and eat. And then whatever we don't eat... It, whatever is left over—that's a funny discussion for us well, as well.
3: You don't eat any leftovers. I
2: don't know why, but any—I have never been a fan, unless it's pizza or like a dessert, maybe like a cheesecake or something like that. But food, food i would never eat leftovers.
3: I have the answer, and you're not gonna like it. What? Because we never cooked.
2: Yeah, well, like, because but if I, you but put the th-
3: effort into cooking, then you're gonna see that. Let's say, let's say you didn't finish all the pasta. I at see lunch. what you made. You know what I mean? And if you made it, if it took you an hour to make it, you ain't going to throw it away.
2: Right. So I have a different appreciation exactly. if I put my hands on it exactly. and made it.
3: <laughs> right. You know, if you made a cake, yeah? If you made a cake for... Oh, that's a...
2: why we finished the cheesecake that I made in lockdown.
3: <laughs> and that's probably the only item of food that you sort of went, should we have this again? <laughs> well, yeah, you know why? Because you made it.
2: What? But you love leftovers. I mean, I know that whenever yeah. we have any food that i mean lately we've been doing a lot of delivery delivery we should be sponsored by by the way as a side joke i don't know how we're not we have so much from delivery but every time we order stuff from delivery if there is anything left over, you do finish it and i it impresses
3: me i just feel bad i feel bad in a restaurant when when obviously someone is gonna come and then see how much you ate or not ate and that might be then fed through the chef or whatever the owner and that would be make me feel so uncomfortable
2: yeah I do feel bad as well for the food. Yeah, but when, when you're at home,
3: there, there's no there's no one that's going to, you know, from the restaurant is going to be in your living room then looking on your plate going, oh, well, you didn't like that, did you? But I still feel bad.
2: Yeah. I, oh, I feel, feel ba- bad. See, I feel bad for a different reason. I have a another guilty kind of conscious when it comes to not finishing my food. I think food is such a crisis worldwide and there's so many people that don't get to have a beautiful meal and lovely food. And when I don't finish it, I do feel guilty because I I have that in the back of my mind, thinking, gosh, like so many people could be finishing this plate and could be eating this food and having this lovely meal. But But I just can't. I'm full. But
3: that's exactly what I mean. (laughs) We are here entertaining our taste buds, yeah? Mm. And we have this liberty to go and try all of these different things. Mm. But not just that. We can try as much as we want even at the same time. And I'm not saying, but we're all guilty of that. Mm. And there's places in the world where there is no food. Yeah. When people can't survive because there's no food. And it's so unfair, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's so how do we all of a sudden deserve this freedom, these choices? We have
2: taste buds. We have
3: 10 different <laughs> if I go now on my delivery, I can find 10 different cuisines in a span of three miles. In and they can be at my home in, in half an hour. Mm. And I have this liberty and I can order as much as I want, if, if, if you can, if you can afford it. And then there's places that, like even in Slovenia, you don't get 20 different cuisines in, in one street or in one city even. And people still get by. Yeah. And people still survive.
2: It's a very it's funny topic, isn't it? Because I can only... Control how much I can fit into my stomach, and mm. I'm a small person. Mm. And sometimes the portion size of of food that you get given at restaurants is massive for someone that's my especially size. Especially in America, especially in the USA, I have to be yeah. honest. When it comes to delivery or when it comes to home cooked food, I have a much better control of what I eat and how much I order. Which is why in lockdown, I've been more conscious about. Am I going to finish that? Do I need to have that side dish? If I have a starter, I'm not going to get my my full main. So I've become better at, at you know making sure that I have portion control.
3: So Nando's here's the explanation why the order has uh, shrunk. <laughs> shrunk in the last couple of weeks.
2: <laughs> and then there's this, you know, then there's the other issue that I have, which I think we both kind of have, is the sweet tooth. Oof. Desserts. I love dessert. I almost sometimes would rather have dessert than a main. I am that kind of a person. And so when I'm eating a meal, I kind of in the back of my head subconsciously go, I want to leave space for something sweet at the end.
3: You're more sweet or more savory?
2: I think I'm more sweet. You're more sweet. I don't know. I mean, I love savory as well, but... You know what one of my favorites is when you combine savory and sweet or like sweet and salty. Mm. Uh, Like when you do salty and sweet popcorn and, you know, you're having the salty popcorn mixed with the sweet popcorn. Oh, that's like heaven.
3: You know how we have sweet tooth, yeah? Yeah. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. Yeah. Why the heck don't we have a savoury tooth?
2: I think we do. I know people have it.
3: Yeah, but no, no, no one says that. Do yeah. you have a
2: savoury tooth? No, yeah, we've got a friend. Our friend Richard and Kevin, married couple that we know. Yeah. Kevin is not, he loves savoury food. He said that he prefers to have savoury food over sweet tooth all so, day, every day.
3: Excuse my ignorance. So in English language, you have a thing as... Oh,
2: you mean savoury tooth. Savoury tooth.
3: <laughs> That's my question exist so that's what i mean so you have everyone now needs to have a sweet tooth but well no i want to have a savory tooth tooth.
2: (laughs) i think savory food is everybody's kind of food you want food to be savory don't you but when it comes to sweet tooth like it could be anything it could be sweets it could be cheese it could be chocolates it could be fruity um and lots of it could just be really high in sugars and that's what makes it a sweet tooth isn't it
3: oh i see so let's say, for example, even a sweet tomato would be, let's say, then a sweet thing.
2: I, I don't know. This is the, Let's put that out there for people to suggest. Okay, great... I, I don't know if it would be considered a sweet tooth if you like a cherry tomato. I assume that
3: it would have to be something that you will have as a dessert. I think it's
2: high in sugars. High in Some sugars. kind of dessert. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I do love dessert. And I always feel like I need to make space for dessert
3: yeah but then saying that you like a dessert after lunch but then there's nothing better for you than a couple of doritos before it isn't it oh,
2: i love doritos so, much.
3: so i don't know which if you're more of a sweet or a savory, i, I think love- you're like in the middle aren't you
2: that's what i mean <laughs> but that's why i said like the sweet and salty popcorn is the epitome of what <laughs> yeah. i feel in my taste buds because i love both i love having a bit of both you know it's speaking on on, on Doritos, crisps and snacks Mm. and peanuts. Mm. You are the king of snacks. I am. You love a snack.
3: I'm just actually looking at the kitchen now and there is three different packs of crisps. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: uh, Do you feel like, but you, I think because you just love food. You love love eating.
3: And and I appreciate good food. I feel like if someone, yeah, sells me a pack of crisps, hear me Mm. out, yeah. If I go to a shop and I've been, you know, going on, with my business, with my you know, lightly soldered business for, for a while. And then I get a pack in my hand, let's say a Yorkshire beef says on it, yeah? And it's amazing. I mean, that to me is huge appreciation. I need to have it. I need to finish it. I need to buy another one. Because if you manage to reinvent a thing like a crisp, if you manage to infuse it
2: something as simple as with that. a
3: marshmallow, then I'm gonna I'm gonna support you. And I love that. That's why I love savory stuff because or, or snacks in general, because I get surprised with what people come up with when mm. it gets to snacks. I mean, you can now find a flavored anything with whatever flavor mm. and especially with things like crisps. I mean, look, I'm looking now at dry roasted peanuts and I know that those that I'm looking at now have some honey in them. Yeah, which makes Good it
2: hint of honey, which
3: is just—I mean, brilliant, isn't it? Peanuts are always going to be amazing, and then you put them in a little, a little portion control bag, as yeah. if, and uh, I mean, if you have the whole thing, you've probably had about three thousand calories. <laughs> but uh, you see, this to me is brilliant, yeah, and I'm all up to support that. But that's
2: where we're different again. You have an adventurous, mm. a desire to try all kinds of foods, whereas. I like having different tastes. And like we said earlier, you know, when it comes to food, I like the food tasting. But really, I don't. I like sticking to the basics that I've been eating my whole life. And for me to try foods, I mean, it's really uncommon. You get really frustrated at me when you put, you put a little spoon, you go, hey, baby, try this. And I go, no, I'm enjoying what, what my taste buds are feeling like. Right. But baby, try it. And I go, no, I'm really not adventurous when it comes to food, but you really are.
3: I remember that one time on that story, Butchka, you probably forgot that we were in South Africa on tour and we went to this restaurant that had this sort of authentic, most of the meats were wild meats. Like, I mean, stuff you never really get to try. Gators, uh, antelopes, spring box, spring box. I mean- zebra. All that stuff was... I'm not saying that, you know, you should try and find this restaurant because <laughs> I I don't, I don't support that. But if I'm in safari in South Africa and if they're serving that there, that's the place you really should try. It. And I remember when I when I checked what you were eating, you were having chicken.
2: Yeah, I couldn't do all the And other I
3: stuff. just couldn't. I was like, <laughs> if there is one place you should try... I mean, I'm not saying that Springbok is something everyone should eat, but if there is an... Well, it was like a a
2: once-in-a-lifetime experience. And you were having chicken. And I wanted chicken. Yeah, and I was like, come on,
3: (laughs) come on. I forgot about it. Yeah, you did. I'm never going to forget that.
2: Well, I remember we've been very fortunate that we've gone to some amazing countries around the world and tried so many kinds of foods well you more than me Mm -hmm. me i've tried different chickens all across the world (laughs) or maybe steaks here and there burgers (laughs) but never really too much else but i remember when we went to singapore and there's this really well-known famous market where yeah they talk about it in all kinds of like food TV shows, we love Somebody Feed Phil, and he went to this place. And you were so excited, because there were so many different kinds of foods and things to try there. Specifically, anything that's either squid or octopus, you love to try. Whereas for me, again, that evening, I stuck to my chicken. You know, something really (laughs) simple. And I'll bless you. You were so ill because we tried so many different types of seafoods and octopus and squids. And you ended up getting so ill that night. I felt awful for you. And I remember thinking, that's why I stick to my chicken. That's why.
3: And on that specific occasion, I'm going to say that you are absolutely (laughs) right.
2: So I think both of us have something to learn here about being adventurous with food and being cautious.
3: And on that note, you know, being adventurous with food, I feel like in my experience, let's say oysters. yeah.
2: Oh, you love an oyster. You You
3: see, I love them now. But oysters are, are one of those foods that... No one is ever going to try an oyster for the first time and go, oh my God, that's the best thing I've ever had. It's like an olive, isn't it? You're never going to love it the first time you have it. You learn to love it or it grows on you. Yeah, like
2: wine. Exactly. They say that you kind of develop the taste for wine. No
3: one has the first sip of alcohol in their life and go, mm, that's I amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love that more than any juice that I've ever had. It's never going to happen, is it? And with oysters specifically... I remember trying them for the first time with, uh, with Sasha years ago, and it was horrendous. It was one of the worst things I've ever tried at the time. Maybe a couple of times later, I would have one when people would have it with me. Mm-hmm. And then there was that one place, I can't remember where it was now, but it was that one place, that served oysters. I had one on my own, not being affected by someone else ordering next to me. And I went, oh my goodness, now I get it. I get what's that good you about finally this. finally had
2: that aha moment exactly. with oysters.
3: But it wasn't that initial taste. It wasn't the texture because it's horrendous. But it was almost like, you know, my brain getting around, oyster, getting around my... the mm-hmm. idea of eating oysters. And now I would say 10 years later, I have an oyster every single time I go to a restaurant that serves oysters. I'm going to try one, mm-hmm. at least one, more than likely 12, but at least one. Mm-hmm. And and you
2: even go have oysters on your own. Because I know when I when you've been on tour absolutely. or when I've been busy and we've not been together. And I said, where are you having lunch today? And you said, I found a spot. I'm having oysters.
3: <laughs> you know, when I was dancing with Gemma, when we were obviously based in Manchester, because she is based in Manchester, when you're like in a city like Manchester on your own for what?
2: You, you were the whole series with her. So you were up there the series? whole time. What?
3: Yeah. 15 weeks really of training. And I went to have oysters twice a week without a fail every single person in that whoever worked in that restaurant knew me solely because i was there for every single shift that 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 people did it yeah and uh it's the same with so many foods like the olives are like that in my life i never liked
2: them but you see this is where we where we have a difference again i love wine you've never really developed a fun taste mm. for wine have you because no. i feel the same when it came to Wine to me is the same for you with the oysters, I guess. Like I developed a taste for wine just through time. And then eventually I got to a point where one of my favorite things to do is to have a really nice <laughs> glass of red wine with meats and cheese, like I said, you know? But you never got there. It's no, not never. your favorite, is it?
3: But you you see, I feel like you're very adventurous when it gets to anything in a liquid form. I, I don't do. think you are very adventurous when it gets to anything in a biting form.
2: No, but I like I like food. This is the weird mm. part because I love, like we said, going to a restaurant and having a lovely meal. There's something about having food with people that you love or friends or family that makes you feel so good and so happy. Like, for example, one of our favorite TV shows is Somebody Feed Phil, right? Mm-hmm. And we love it because he travels around the world and he meets... He either goes to the most expensive restaurant, but he also tries these little beautiful hole-in-the-wall family-owned kind of spots where you just get the best of something specific to that city. So I love the idea of what food can do for people, what food can do to a friendship, what what it does even to our marriage. The concept of us being in our our home, in our kitchen together, with you making the salad and me making the meal. There's something so lovely about food bringing people together, and I love that. So... My taste buds maybe aren't very adventurous, but I love the idea of having a gathering that's based around food.
3: You love the socializing side of it. Yeah, of
2: it. I love what it makes people feel when you mm. have some, for example, whenever we do cook for our friends, which is it's not Never. very common yeah. for me, but <laughs> if I do do it, it makes me happy to see that somebody has come in and had a lovely meal, enjoyed themselves. And, and and that's what food does, isn't it? That's basically what food's about. It's like
3: a glue, isn't it? And it can show you a new culture. It can explain to you a place you might not uh, understand. What, what actually Jeanette and I always do whenever we're on tour around uk Mm. let's say we're traveling from halifax to inverness i would spend a lot of time on my phone on TripAdvisor, on any app that i can find that is you know has anything to do with food and i would try to find a place that it's either very famous in that in that specific city or it's known for really good food Mm. i would try and avoid from places that are let's say the most expensive places or the place that is that it's considered the best because it's the because it's I don't know the hardest one to get to, if this makes sense. Mm. I would rather go to a restaurant that is known to have served the most the best homemade food. Well, we had some and, amazing ones. Too. And we find these yeah. places in these cities around UK that are incredible. I mean, that the food is good enough that it doesn't need to even be advertised anyway. It just needs to be in TripAdvisor. And it's enough for every single person that goes on that app. You, you're going to fill the restaurant up and you find these places, these little jewels that are not necessarily the ones that are the nicest mm. or that have the best cutlery or to serve you the best wines. But those are the places that we're I like the most. Delicious. Yeah,
2: I love when we do that on tour. It's so nice. You're right. Mm. To go around the UK and try all the different little restaurants and all the little spots that we do our, our shows. And in a weird way, we did that worldwide when we were on Burn the Floor. But now, you know, now I feel like we're doing that in our home. We're trying all these different ways of cooking. Yeah. Jeanette is still figuring out what does what in the kitchen, but we're getting there. And I think food for me and you has always been a big, big, big part of our marriage, our relationship when we were just friends. Our first date, you took me to this amazing restaurant because you know that I love this Tex-Mex American Mexican food. And it was on this, I'll never forget it, this beautiful cliff. And So food has always been very much a part of our our relationship, hasn't it?
3: Well, if nothing else, as soon as we are... We're gonna finish recording this. We're gonna have some food. We need to figure out. We're gonna have for lunch. What, what should we have today? I don't know. What do you <laughs> reckon? What, what's like? What's right now? Oh,
2: I know what I love to make as well. Yes. A mean eggs. I make okay. some good eggs.
3: Thank you, everyone, for listening today to
2: us. <laughs>
3: it's time for Leaš to have some eggs.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's eat. Enjoy your food. Enjoy your food. <laughs> <laughs> Dobrtek. 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 Uh, buen provecho. Buen provecho. Hey! Nice here,
3: Come
0: on, high five. <laughs>